So the gospel is not just... Many of you appreciate Pastor Eddie and championing health in our church. And, uh, and I went to go play tennis with him and his friends. They're all in their 60s and 70s and got my butt kicked. And I thought, man, I want to be healthy like them when I get older. So um, I got to stop eating all of my plate lunches and things that I love. Side note, are you guys okay this morning? Because it feels very like, I, I'm tired. I think a lot of you guys are tired, but you guys are here in church. So you know what we're going to do? We're gonna, we're gonna, you're going to get a free massage. So turn to the person next to you. Turn, everybody turn to your left and give the person to your left uh, a little massage. Wake them up. Tell them, I love you. God loves you. Wake up. Get the blood circulating in the shoulders and in the neck. If you don't know the person sitting next to you, then you can just feel awkward. <laughs> then turn to your right, return the favor. You can turn to the right, return the favor. <laughs> Kathy Mundy, right there, the back left, she is actually a masseuse. So is Diana here. They're both masseuses. So if you guys ever want a good massage, sit next to them during church. <clears throat> All right. Are you guys awake? Is everyone awake? All right. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible Church. Um, we are finishing our series on I Am, where Jesus said seven I Am statements. And we went through every single one. This is the last I Am statements, but for review... The first one was Jesus said that I am the bread of life. He sustains us not just physically, but, but spiritually as well. He's the light of the world. He is the door of the sheepfold. It's through him that we find life. He is the good shepherd. He gave, he's not just the door where we find life, but he's the good shepherd where he laid his life down for us. He's the resurrection and the life that even when we die, we will find life eternally through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life that even in this life, when we're looking for answers and looking for direction, he is the light and he is the way, he is the truth. And then this week, we're talking about Jesus being the true vine. Everyone say true vine. And this is a, this is a very a packed metaphor of who Jesus is and who we are because he tells us to remain, to remain in him. How many of you ever thought, that you look like a grape. I, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I used to swim. Uh, we used to go to the War Memorial Pool or Salvation Army Pool, and, you know, my mom would just, like, leave us there. And, <laughs> and I knew when it was time to get out of the water because my fingers would look like grapes. Yeah? Your fingers would get all wrinkly, and then your, your, your lips would turn purple. How many of you would have purple lips and, like, Raisin-looking raisin looking fingers, and that's how you knew how to get out of the water. Thank you. Um, God calls us grapes and tells us to remain in clusters. Isn't that cool? I, we're we're going to get into that. Um, but these are all the things that God tells us to do. So when, we were, when I was reading through the, all these things... My prayer was, God, I don't want these things to just stay in my head where I understand that, that you are the bread, that you are the light, that you are. I want to experience these things and not just experience these things, but I want to grow in my experience of these things. 
I don't want to just know that you're the light, but I want to experience your light in my life. And even when I experience it, and I see working in my life, and I understand which way to walk, I don't want to be... I don't want to be content with that. I want to grow in my understanding of you as the light. I want to grow in my understanding of you as the bread. I want to grow in my understanding as you being the resurrection in life. And so today is the last, the last one. I'm the true vine, which means that there's a lot of fake vines. And my father's a vine dresser. Let's, let's read this um, scripture together before we jump into it. One, two, three. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. Help us not to just understand your word, but help us to experience it and to grow in it. Lord, we pray that, that in every single one of our lives, in our different circumstances, that you would speak to us as it pertains to our lives individually. Help us to grow in you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Jesus first said, I am the true vine, which means there's a lot of fake vines. There are a lot of things that can appear to give us life that actually don't give us life. Um, when I was in high school, one of the big things that everybody would look for is a relationship. To have like a good boyfriend or girlfriend, and I would tell my kids, and I still tell my kids, you don't need a boyfriend or girlfriend when you're in high, it doesn't matter if all of your other friends are going out with people, it doesn't matter, that's not going to give you life. In fact, that's going to drain your life, and it's going to take all your money, and you're going you're gonna to leave high school without hanging out with friends with no high school experience because you're just stuck to one person that you broke up with. Did they listen to me? I don't know. Sometimes they do. Um, there's a lot of things that can appear to give us life, that make us feel alive, but is not a, the true vine. Money can make us feel like, like we're alive and that, that it fulfills us. Status, promotion of a job, making a lot of money at our jobs, popularity at, at, in our different, if you're in school, popularity, if people know you and like you and, and you post something on your Instagram and get a thousand likes and you're like, Everybody like saw me, and I'm like popular. And that, that could feel like life. There's so much social media. We can scroll and find the perfect recipes and find the perfect sales and find funny things that, that, that make us feel good. But Jesus said that he, vacations. Vacations are something that makes us feel like we have life. But then we actually got to return back to regular life. So all of these things don't give us permanent life. Jesus gives us permanent life. Jesus is the true vine. Everyone say true vine. He's the true vine, and his father is the vine dresser. So he says, abide in me. Out of all the different things that you could abide in, he encourages all of us to abide not in our work, not in how much money we make, not in our relationships, not in all these things that are good that we, we need, but he says, if you want true life, abide in me. So there's three main things that we can do to abide in Christ. We can remain in his word, remain in prayer, remain in fellowship. These are all things that he teaches in John 15. As he talks about him being the, the vine and for us to abide in him, these three things are the things that he points to that we need to do to remain in him. Number one, remain in his word. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
You will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. The second thing, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So commandments and word are synonymous, his commandments and his word. So he says, abide in my word. It also says, keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that your joy, how many want joy? Because a lot of things make you happy, but that inner sense of permanent joy comes from loving God and loving others. These things have I spoken to you that your joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment. He makes it super simple, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is his commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is what I found in life. And the big thing that I had to change in my life to experience the fullness of life. Jesus, when he came, he set the pattern of having a full life. And you know how he had a full life? He gave it away. And he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. So Jesus came, lived the most abundant life, and he lived the most abundant life by giving his life away. That made his joy full. You know what makes joy not full? Keeping your life. And Jesus said that if you keep your life, you're going to lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So if we want joy, if we want true life, we need to be plugged in, abide in Jesus. And how do we do that? He says, if you want to abide in me, you need to love one another the way that I loved you. Does that make sense? You know what I found in life? Excuse me. What I found in life is that God tricks us. He tricks us in giving our life away. That when we're a baby, it's all about us. Have you ever seen an infant that cares about someone else? The infant is the most self-centered creation that God ever made. Crying, screaming, change my diaper, feed me, wake up in the middle of the night so you can feed me. Like that's what an infant does, right? The most self-centered thing on the planet. But we love babies because they're cute and they're ours, right? God puts a supernatural desire in our hearts for our kids most of the time. (laughs) Who is the most selfless person? It's your grandparents, right? Like for the most part, grandparents have lived their whole lives and through the process of life have become less and less selfish. And when you go to your grandparents, they're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about you and the kids, right? And that's why everybody loves their grandparents, right? So God tricks us. We're like these self-centered little infants when we come into the world, and then we become teenagers and, you know, think we know everything and leave the house, and then we think, I'm going to find the perfect person. And then you get married, Because you think you're the perfect person, and you're going to find the perfect person, and God tricks you. Because you know what you find when you get married? 
you find that the world doesn't revolve around you and you got to serve someone else. It's the first major step of God taking your selfishness away is in marriage. And if you don't learn the lesson that marriage is not about you and it's about giving your life, dying to yourself and giving your life away, if you think it's about you and you, you, you think that that's what it is when you get into marriage, then you're going to be really disappointed. You're going to be sad for the rest of your life because it doesn't serve the purpose of you being fulfilled. It serves the purpose of you being selfless and giving your life away and becoming like Jesus. He tricks you. Because if you knew before you got married how much it would require of you to give to your wife or to your husband and then to give to your kids, most people probably would never have done it. Right? Right? Now, you guys are all like, you're... <gasps> yeah, nobody wants to say amen except Zach. Because then you'll be in trouble when you get home. And then you have kids, and you think that's going to be a good idea because that's going to fulfill you. <laughs> and then it, it causes you to get, but you know what happens? You learn how to give of yourself. You learn how to die to yourself. And in dying to yourself, you actually become fulfilled. You actually experience joy. And the joy comes not from getting everything you want, Joy comes from giving of yourself and being like Christ. And it makes life a whole lot easier if you're plugged into the vine because Jesus came to give his life to others. And when we're plugged into Jesus, it gives us the power to give our lives away to others and then to experience the joy. But there is pain in it. And everyone said, amen, there's pain in it. Um, okay. Pastor Lance. So I'm sharing the message with Pastor Lance. Remain in the word. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love just as I kept my father's commandments. We did. We read this, right? Yeah. Okay. So, pa huh? no, no, no. I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so everyone, welcome Pastor Lance. He's going to talk about remaining in prayer. And he's a great intercessor. He leads our intercessor team. And, and uh, he's, I, I'm so... I was so inspired by Pastor Lance. <laughs> I don't know how I got into it with the intercessor team. To this day, I'm still wondering why I'm in there. But God put me there, so yeah. Sometimes I'm wondering when we're in the meetings, and I'm like, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> but God has been great teaching me, being part of that team, and it's been wonderful. So I'm going to talk about prayer. Um, how many of us love to pray? Okay, half of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that it's God's desire that we learn to pray because it connects us to him. So we're going to read a scripture, first of all, in uh, John. We can all read it together, 15. It's, okay, one, two, three. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appoint you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now, Jesus had the most intimate relationship with his father. And we all can agree with that. And whenever he asked the father, God, his father answered him like Lazarus. He asked his father to raise Lazarus 
and Lazarus raised. He fed thousands of people with five loaves and two fishes. Jesus had, why? Because he had a prayer life that was so intimate with his father. And so he demonstrated this, that prayer is an important part of our walk in faith. There's a saying that goes, seven days without prayer makes one weak. <laughs> Got it? Okay, anyway, it went over your head. Okay. <laughs> okay, now you got it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Prayer connects us to God. And Jesus gave us an example in Matthew chapter 6. And we, most of us pretty much know it. And we call it the Acts. Um, so it, it talks about acknowledging God and praise Him and thank Him. And there's also asking and confession to God. Jesus sets prayer as a priority, and he spent his time with his father more than anything else. And I believe this, that God designed us to have a relationship with him. And part of it is, as Pastor John shared about the word, and also with prayer. And you know, when you look at uh, each of us, God designs us differently, geared us differently. And so each of us have a way that we can connect with God in prayer. And... Um, So I asked, uh, first I asked Kathy Nakao that if she could share about her prayer life, and she totally resisted me, because <laughs> she said it gives her stress, and I understand that, but she's been a great prayer warrior. When I got into the group, and I see her grow in God, that really touched me, because when I see her pray and all that, and I remember sharing that... Um, how God gave me a vision of her of being a mongoose in the spirit. And, and the saying goes that whenever you look in National Geographic, the mongoose and the snake goes at it. It never backs down in the spirit. I believe that God says she's that. And so anyway, I asked her about it. And she said that one thing she loves to do in prayer with God is to take a scripture that God gives her. And she begins to pray on that scripture, and that scripture becomes part of her life. Kathy, is that correct? Where are you? Is she hiding? Oh, there she is. <laughs> is that correct, Kathy? So she takes the word of God, and she begins to pray on it and ask God to have that word be part of her life. And when she told me that, I was so impressed by that. And, and I, I could see that in her life because... The fruit of that, she praying scriptures and coming before God was, I noticed this, that in her life, that she has a desire to be like Christ. And number two, what I've seen in her, in our time with the team, that she has a heart for people. And I think that shined through her life. And that, I mean, yeah, that really touched me in her. And I think as we pray... And we set time before God. God will come and change our hearts. So then I went on and asked Miles Kawakami, um, who's a prayer warrior too. And I asked him about his prayer life. And he told me that one prayer guide that he's used in his life was this thing called the hour that changed the world. And he used that as his guideline in prayer. 
And it breaks down, there's 12 sections to pray on every so many minutes. Uh, and you look at Miles' life, God has blessed him so much in his life, in his business, in his personal life. So if you want to know more of that, see Miles. Miles, raise your hand <laughs> after church. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking about this when Pastor John said, oh, you should do a one on prayer. And I was like, okay. And I was thinking of this all through. First, I went to Kathy. Then I thought about Miles. Then what came to my mind was I should ask my wife <laughs> what his prayer life is like. And so lo and behold, she totally shocked me and surprised me on how she prays. And it kind of blew me away. <laughs> I thought she was more spiritual than me after that. <laughs> but what she does was she takes a prayer journal. She has a journal. And she makes a prayer journal. And in this journal have all these areas, salvation for people, healing for people, finances, which she should pray a little harder. Okay. <laughs> for the church. For the neighbors that's not saved, that don't know Christ, she prays for the world. She prays for our provision. She prays for the fam our families. She prays for, um, she prays scripture, and she, she prays for her small group. Whenever they get together and people share their scripture, she writes the prayer requests of each person. And then during the week or time, she goes and starts praying again upon their life. She has goals. And another thing she has in her journal is that she writes scriptures from what God, her father, says to her. So re she repeats that to her life. God speaks to her. And when she was <laughs> telling me that, I was so impressed. And every time God answers a prayer or something, she checks it off. So I was thinking, wow, I have a godly wife. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but we all have a ways to spend time with God because God wants a time with you, a one-to-one. -one. And it, corporately, yes, God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. But it also refers to us as God's house, as a house of prayer. So for me, I do, I like to walk in the morning. And that's my prayer time with God. And so I walk to the park where I live, and it's about almost, yeah. And I love it because I spend time, it's quiet, and I walk, and I pray, and I complain, and I pray. <laughs> and then I also, during the time when I walk, I, I pray in the Spirit as, at times I pray in the Spirit. And being filled with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, I, at times I pray, I pray that way as God would lead and so, but the main thing through all of this is that God wants a time with you. And in that time, I believe that he's going to speak to you in your life. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. That's John. Hey, last point. Um, we already read John 15, 11, and 12. We're going to read Isaiah 65, 8. And um, I want to ask uh, some of the guys from my small group to come up. Scott, can you come up? Um, uh, Ryan, can you come up? And then um, Gabe, can you come up? I know, I, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, and Matt, too. Matt, come up. And I guess Tony's, yeah, Tony, come, come up. So all these guys in, in our group. Um, 
Let's read this scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. Thus says the Lord, as a new wine is found in the cluster, and one, and this is cluster of grapes, one says, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servant's sake, may not destroy them all. Okay, um, what does a cluster look like? Can you feel that picture of the, the um, vineyard? So this is something we learned in Israel, that this is a vineyard, and you can see all the grapes in a, in a cluster. Interesting, right, that you don't see grapes growing by themselves like an apple or an orange. They grow in a cluster. So every one of you are going to be like, um, a, 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 no, 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 not a grape. Not, you're you're a vine, a, like a vine thing. Yeah, so you're going to stand next to a little bit further apart. Yeah, right there. And then, Scott, you come here. And then, yes, good. And then Tony can come here. Okay. So one of the cool things, so like if you look at these guys as all like the, the vineyard, um, what the vine dresser does, you can see there's these poles that the vine is on, but you can also see there's wires on three different parts. And we're not going to do three different parts, but the wires go from one person to the other. And what happens as they grow... Is it looks like that. So can you guys put your arms up and hold your branches? So the branch of the vine begins to grow along these wires, and then it starts to touch each other just like this, like how you see that. Jesus likened his people as the branches of this vine. You know what's interesting about the branches of the vine? The branches of the vine, it's one of the very few trees that, that go through this thing called graft union. Uh, as branches overlap, they fuse together at certain points forming graft union where they share nutrients and water. It's one of the few trees that actually become one when the branches touch. And so all of these guys represent what it looks like to be vines in our branches of the vine. If we abide in Jesus, we will share the things that God does in our lives as we get together in a cluster because the blessing is in the cluster. The new wine is in the cluster. And so Jesus says, if you abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. What does the fruit look like? It looks like a fellowship. It looks like a group of people not growing alone but together, and as we get together, and the more we get together, the church, early church, it was every day that they got together. But as they got together, something happened where they shared their experience and the anointing that God had on every one of their lives so that they would get water and they would get nutrients. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a good illustration? This is a handsome group of guys. So your, your wives are so lucky that they have you guys. You can give them a hand. Thank you. Illustration. So, one of the things that we want to do in going into our next series, our next series is called The Chosen. And we've done this for, uh, we did this last year as well. We're, we're going to watch uh, a movie together and all that kind of stuff. And this is the way that the series is going to uh, work. So, we're doing Chosen Series 2. And if you want to get everything that you want, uh, everything that you can out of this series, we're going to ask that you watch the first, uh, the first of eight uh, in, in season two, because we did season one last year. 
watch it this week. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about it. So there's the watching of the video. If you want, you can jump into a group that's actually watching the video and, and watch it together as a group or just discuss it. But we don't want to do it alone. So we have groups that you can discuss what you saw and um, how it impacted your life. We have a list of groups that we'll be uh, forming both after church and during the week. And you can sign up in your bulletin. There's um, a QR code that you can scan and whatever night that you're available and there's a group, you can sign up for it or you can just sign up for it next week. And so um, we're going to show a trailer of what season two, The Chosen, is about. I'm preparing something to share with the world. These things will make sense to some, but not to others. I'm here to start a revolution. Care is for women, for the vulnerable. Blasphemy is not harmless. Well, the Pharisees were pretty upset. Sometimes you gotta stir up the water. They're martyrs with a persecution complex. I wanna kill him. Do you want to be healed? That's an interesting point. Your fame is spreading. The good kind. You have certainly livened things up around here. Word travels fast. Fellow peasant. My heart is yours. My life is yours. John the baptizer was taken into custody. Jesus of Nazareth. We finally meet. David, Goliath. Maybe there is hope for the little. What we're doing here will last for generations. I want my people to participate in the healing of the world. I do not feel very much worthy. Who's worthy of anything? You. The one comfort we have is to know that we're doing it together. It's not now. When? I'm here to preach the good news of the kingdom of heaven. I make a way for people to access that kingdom. In this world, bones will still break. Hearts will still break. But in the end, yeah! the light will overcome darkness. Hey there, it's Dallas. I'm the creator of The Chosen. And if you haven't seen right. season one, or if you want to see season two, you got to get The Chosen app. So you can download it on the app. Uh, we did this last year. It was an amazing series. And one of the uh, most powerful things of The Chosen is the way that they made the movie. It wasn't just about 
what Jesus did, but they developed the characters of every single disciple. And so when Jesus does a miracle, it, it resonates with you because of a lot of the characters you'll resonate with. You'll, you'll, you'll find the same struggles. You'll seem to f- uh, feel the same doubts. And so uh, the way that this movie was created was just very uh, artistic and, and very moving. And so uh, we have study guides, and we only have 120 study guides this week. But we encourage you to take a study guide home and go through uh, what the characters are, what episode one is. There's questions that you can reflect on, applications that you can uh, apply to your life. And then next week, we're going to do the first, uh, cover the first video, lessons from it, and then break up into groups to discuss how that movie impacted your life. So if you want to join that chosen series and get the most out of it, grab a study guide, sign up for a group watch the movie, and then uh, watch the first episode, come back for next week as we uh, break it down. Does that sound cool? Did I cover everything okay? Okay. Why don't we pray, and then um, I'll I'll release you to uh, grab that stuff and sign up. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we want to abide in you. Lord, you said that you are the vine, we are the branches. As we abide in you, we will bear much fruit. And Lord, we pray that Uh, As we exercise this, as we apply this in the next uh, few weeks, Lord, I pray that the, the, the clusters of people that get together would be rich, that new wine would be found in it, Lord, that a blessing would be found. You said that there's blessing in the cluster, new wine comes from the cluster. Lord, I pray that as people make that dedication to, uh, to be a part of your body and to jump into a group, Lord, that you would bless their life, that you would Uh, Give them new insight into who you are and change and transform them into your image as they abide in you. We give our lives to you. We pray that you would use us for your kingdom. In Jesus' wonderful name, everyone said, Amen. amen. Have a great week. God bless you.